Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So if you've been listening to the show in the order that we put out the episodes, then you might know that I am uh, coming in now, I'm recording right after Passionate and Prosperous Live. So this past weekend was the big event that we've been leading up to. You've heard me talking about it all the, you know, all the episodes, all the time, and um it happened. So Passion and Prosperous Live was the two-day event here in New York City um, where we came together as a community and it was absolutely incredible. So first thing I'm going to say is I hope that at some point you will join us in the future. The next one's going to be in May. Um, But I want to just say that, you know, recently when we had our 100th and 101st episodes, or no, it was the 99th and 100th episodes, um, I I brought my clients on so that we could do this, like these, you know, episodes where, where we were here as a group talking a lot about um, community and talking a lot about um, how the work that we all do Um, and I think those of you listening as well, I think, you know, I think you're going to identify as people who work with human beings, right? We all are, are people who are doing business that involves us, you know, talking to or communicating with or building relationships with, or, um, you know, helping, serving other people, right? And, um, and that episode, those two episodes, I brought my clients on and we talked a lot about community and about like human centric business and about how important it is to surround yourself with people that are like-minded and that have goals and visions and dreams, right? Because if you're not surrounded by other people that also have big goals and, and big dreams and big visions, and you yourself have that, but you're not surrounded by that, it's really hard to, to take action on those things. It's very easy to kind of have the opposite effect happen, right? And have like the energy of those around you, if they're like not high vibing, it's very easy to get like kind of overshadowed or overtaken by that energy. So we we talk a lot about, about community, about not wanting to do business alone. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. It was it was the vibe in the room was like, oh, it was electrifying. I just had like a, a moment where I was like, you know, the movie Grease, it's electrifying. Um, but it really, really was, it felt like we were raising a vibration, right? I'm not saying we were raising the vibration of the whole planet, but I think that when we do want to think of ourselves as raising the vibration of the planet, we can only do it like where we are, right? I mean, like, you know, if you have a global platform, then great. Maybe you're actually reaching more people at once. But if you don't, then you have to think about the circle of influence that you do have. And 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 I definitely feel like we came together and we raised the vibration. And one of the things that really stood out to me about um, the response, like, because I created the theme of the event and the content uh, that I brought to everyone for these two days. The theme was impact, making an impact and also really leaning in to human-centric business. And the reason why that was the theme of the event is because I think we're living in a time right now where, um, and, you know, but even before the pandemic, people were doing business online. But I think that the pandemic kind of like took the meaning of online business you know, that phrase of what it means to be an online business owner, I think that the pandemic took that to a whole other level. 
And I think that what started happening was that you, we started like getting more and more and more um, aware, at least I have, maybe I don't want to speak for you, more and more and more aware of people that were, you know, that really talk a lot about using the online space to sell and to generate passive income and to put out like, you know, courses, uh, you know, uh, low, co- low cost things that are pre-recorded that people will buy from you. And, you know, everywhere I turn, there's, I see advertisements for companies saying you can have a course and make, you know, thousands of dollars in your sleep or that you can make money being a reviewer on Amazon or, you know, buying, being a product tester or that there's just so much emphasis on on um, passive income that, you know, is generated online. And I see all of this. And what I know is that the people that I work with and that resonate with me and this show and that are in the Passion and Prosperous Academy, which I'm so excited to welcome in a whole bunch of new people into the Passion and Prosperous Academy after this event. Um, But you should know that you can join the Academy at any time if you want to. But I think that like when you're like us, we're not looking, you might be like, oh, some passive income would be great. But actually, that's not passion. That's not what you're passionate about, right? What you're really passionate about is like doing this work, whether it's coaching or wellness or yoga teaching or being a creative or, you know, really working with other people and doing something that lights you up, like lights you up and that the work itself lights you up, that doing it lights you up, not just making the money, right? That lights you up, but like the doing the work. And what I started realizing as I was preparing for the event was how how I really wanted to talk about this as the theme of the event, which was like that those of us who aren't interested in turning everything into an automation, those of us who genuinely in our hearts really want to work with people, that we need to be able to find a way to celebrate that business model, that we have to be able to like really think that that's possible, even though there's like an online, you know, there's a surge of online business and passive income, but that does not cover you actually waking up every day and doing the work that you love. Now, you might be like, well, I don't really give a shit about that. I want the passive income and I just want to go sit on a yacht all day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not going to say there's any, there's something wrong with that. But Most of the, when I think about myself, even my husband, who's a psychoanalyst, when we think about like our lives, we're not like counting down the days till we don't have to do the work that we do. Like we're not literally going, I can't wait to retire or make enough money in the bank that I don't have to show up and have a client or actually help someone or help someone have transformation or help someone have a successful business or see my clients like succeeding and doing the things that they really want to do, but they wouldn't have been doing them if they weren't working with me, if they weren't in the academy, if they weren't, you know, getting the tools and the accountability and the mindset shifts to help them to be who they want to be. I I don't know if I really, I'm, I'm not thinking right now, I can't wait till I don't have to do that anymore. So what happened at the event was a gathering of those of us who, who want to do the work. We want to work with people. And it was really magical. And what I found was that everyone really resonated with hearing that that was was okay. Like that it was okay to want to be the person who's in the, I don't want, I don't feel like it's the trenches, like it's like a warfare, but the, you know, that's the best way to describe it is like in there working with people, in there doing it, not angling for any way to get out of it, to automate it, to have less conversations, to never have to have a a, a discovery call, to hire other people to do that work for you. And again, I know that that's a business model. and, um, And I know that there are times if a business scales that you have to make certain, you know, changes to your business model. Because if you're the individual, like if you're me, um, Maybe there'll come a point where I can't 
have a conversation with every single person that wants to work with me or join the academy. But what I'm here to tell you is that I'm pretty successful and I haven't hit that point yet. As a matter of fact, over the last couple of days, I've been talking to people every day that came to the event and wanted to talk to me about working with me or about joining the academy. And they didn't necessarily want to just plunk down the investment without getting to connect with me. And I respect and value that so much. So anyway, um, definitely vibing high from the event um, and just so happy to be that there was like validation that that's what that everyone was happy to talk about being human and having a business that like is run on human energy and not run on um spending money on Facebook ads <laughs> basically right so um so I, what I thought I would do today was bring to you some of the content that was that I created for the event that got like really good reviews from everyone. Like everyone was like, oh my God, that was so amazing. Um, and I had been, you know, working on everything. And so I didn't put stuff out on the show before the event because I wanted some things to be a surprise for everyone. But now I thought I'd come in and talk about something that, um, that I know is, is a, a hot topic and that's sales. So I thought it would be perfect to lead into this telling you about how the whole theme of the event and how everything that we do around here has to do with like working with humans, getting in there and actually working with people um, and a big part of what that means if you have a human business and the people that are, you know, and people are actually investing to work with you. They're not investing in like a video that they're going to buy and watch online, but they're actually investing to work with you. They're not investing in you, but they're investing in their faith in, in you that you can help them get an outcome that they really want. And that because you're a service provider and you and you talk about like how you help people get those outcomes, they want to talk to you, right? So, um, so therefore, for many of us, a good portion of our sales or when we actually make money, right, selling our services happens like directly, right, direct sales. It happens in a conversation. It happens in um, letting people know your offers. It happens in, you know, when you have to be visible and make and, and keep telling people what's available and inviting people not only to work with you in a paid uh, partnership, but also in the, in the academy, um, what we use as our model for business is, you've heard me talk about this, the yellow brick road system of organic business strategy. And in the yellow brick road system of, of strategy, we actually build a road where we have free things that we offer, whether that's just great content on our email list or, um, you know, uh, social media, how we use social media or talks or networking or, you know, uh, other just having conversations with people that we meet. But like we do a lot for free, including like workshops or talks or challenges or webinars, whatever you want to call it. And those are the ways that we give people an opportunity to like be in a room with us, to connect with us, to build some no love and trust on our way to then be, you know, having them be interested in, in investing and paying for what we can offer them, our big offer. And so, so therefore, if that's our business model, like if that's a model, then it involves offering and inviting people into things even when they're free, because that's how you move people along to paying you. So in, in this world, in the passionate and prosperous world, sales is in a way, it's not only the money part, right? It's the free and paid part. It's, it's the whole embodying of knowing that you have something to offer a value anytime you like open your mouth basically, or anytime you're, you're engaging with people and therefore inviting people into the things that you've got going on, whether they're free or paid, is part of the sales process. 
So we had a whole section of the event called Prosperous Sales Mindset Mastery. Because in order for you to approach selling or sales with the passionate and prosperous, like energy and mindset, you need to master some things that we're going to talk about today. So here's what we know is that people that are like heart-centered and service-oriented and generous and, and, and you know, uh, sensitive and em- empathic and that are just want to help and serve, that a lot of times our relationship to money can be complicated, right? That there's some energetics and some beliefs around not only making money or asking someone to pay you, but also even spending money right? That like money is an energy that goes in and out. And, and our, our thoughts around money and our relationship to money has a huge impact on how we sell, like how comfortable we are selling our services and how um, confident we are selling our services. And so if we want to be successful and make money and have people investing in what we have to offer, and we need to sell them that, tell them about it, make offers to them, invite them into working with us, then the energy and beliefs that we have around all of that, around that money and making it, have to be in alignment. Because if they're not, then that gets in the way of you being who you need to be, doing what you need to do, and doing what you need to do so that you can have what you truly desire. So energetics and beliefs around money can get directly in the way of you taking action in your business because that action that you need to make and take every single day is offers and invitations to work with you, telling people about what you do, telling people that you're available. That's like, if anything, if you listen to the show and um, you don't you're not in the academy or you don't, you know, work with me in some way in a paid coaching relationship, what you need to take a look at is I never stop talking about what you can do with me. I never stop. Look, the podcast is free. The podcast is free. You can just pop on your headphones and go on to Apple or Spotify or whatever. The podcast is free. But you will never not hear me talk about how you could work with me and and pay for something. I talk about the Passion and Prosperous Academy or working with me, you know, in a one-on-one capacity. I talk about these things all the time. How ridiculous would it be if I had a show where I got to be in the ears of people who need what I'm offering and I never told them about what they could do with me? So if I had a belief or an energetic or, you know, an energy or a belief misalignment around selling and money, I would never do that. I'd just come on and be like, oh, I don't want to ever mention my offers on the show. I don't want to like, I don't want to, you know, make anyone not want to hear the show anymore. Right. And then I would be like, why would I do the show? I mean, I do the show for a million reasons, one of which is hopefully that it, that it will attract the right people who want to then come work with me so that I can actually help you more. I know the show helps you, but we also know a lot of things about human beings. And some of the things that we know about human beings are that they don't always take action on their ideas and don't always like really manifest and bring things to fruition or do the things they say they want to do or make the changes they want to make. And I also know a lot about the fact that a lot of the kind of people that I work with that are incredible coaches and wellness professionals and energy workers and healers and yoga teachers and creatives and authors and writers and people who want to use their voices and speak and whatever, almost all of those people, when they come to me, guess what they say? I just don't know how to turn it into a business. I'm not good at business, right? So... How would it be if I just came on here and talked about business, but then didn't tell you that I could actually really help you in real time by holding your hand and walking with you along the path and helping you execute execute as you go? How, How would that be if I didn't tell you that I could really help you? 
So what I'm going to outline for you right now is something that I taught at the event, which is the five limiting beliefs that are holding you back from selling your services. And whenever I tell you about a limiting belief, I also usually add, um, you know, that I'll tell you what to do about it. Now, again, can we overcome like all uh, limiting beliefs um, by listening to a podcast? Mm, Probably not. But can I get you like thinking differently or doing something about them? And, you know, and then maybe when you realize like, oh, my God, I really need like a high level coach to help me like rewire my brain, you know, then you might reach out to me. But we're going to go over these five limiting beliefs because sometimes even just getting an awareness of the belief is is enough to start changing it. So we're doing five. The five limiting beliefs that hold you back from selling your services and what to do about them. So number one is one that you've heard me reference a lot. I've talked about it a lot in these words, and we call it the fear of seeming salesy. Salesy. Isn't that going to be salesy? I don't want to be salesy, right? That's like me, like I said earlier, not ever talking about the academy or, um, you know, working with me or, or signing up for my events or whatever, but whether they're free or paid, because I'm afraid that you're going to think I'm being salesy, right? And so therefore, I'm just never going to tell you about anything. So fear of seeming salesy is probably one of the number one things that I see holding so many people back. Because when you have fear of seeming salesy, here's what how it looks on the outside. You're not making offers and invitations. You're not doing personal outreach, which if you've listened to this show at all, you know that if you have a human-centric business, personal outreach is your number one client attraction tool, like literally number one client attraction tool. You are not sending emails to your list because you're afraid you're not posting enough on social. You're, you, you know, you're like you post once and then you, and then you're, you know, about something you have coming up, maybe it's a workshop or an event or whatever. And then, and that's it. You just think like, I don't want to overdo it. You're definitely not talking about what you do. Like you're not, you're not going around and, and, and telling people, you know, what you do. And then, um, finally you're not doing follow-up. So for example, I just had my big event. It was two days. People came. I offered the academy with some bonuses, event bonuses. Now, how would it be as a, for me and my business if I then left my event after investing so much time, energy, and money in making it happen, and I offered tremendous value but I also offered the academy. And how would it be if I then left the event and assumed that just because not everyone in the room like told me right then and there that they wanted to sign up for the academy, that that meant that they didn't want to. And I left and I went, got under the covers and just thought, well, I guess now the people know that the academy is there and, uh, you know, they'll let me know if they want to be in it instead of sending out my follow-up emails and reaching out to people, following up with them, people that I had spoken with, right? What if I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to let my business go under out of the fear of seeming salesy because I'm following up with people that just spent two days with me and wanted to be there. And I'm just going to assume that like they don't want to be sold to. And if I assumed that, I'd have like no business. So what, where does the fear of seeming salesy actually come from? Like where, why do we get that? Like since when, like when do you think you developed the fear of like other people thinking that you're too salesy, like you're a car salesman or whatever? Where do you think that came from? Because it's like a limiting belief that people are going to think that about you. So I think that some of the places it comes from are, first of all, if you've ever been on the receiving end of, of, of a sales approach that did feel icky, that you didn't like it, it was like someone who had no business making an offer to you or was pushy or, or 
was just insisting, you know, that that what they were offering you was a great value, but they actually weren't telling you anything about it. Or you were a cold lead and they just kind of reached out to you and they started vomiting their pitch on you. This happens all the time on like LinkedIn, right? And stuff, or even on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so maybe you've had that experience and then you then kind of like falsely associate that with that anytime you might reach out to somebody, they're going to have the same experience instead of thinking, well, you're just not reaching out to people in that same way, but there are different ways for you to reach out to people that feel much better and that are more justified. But because you may have that experience, you just get it in your head that that's what people feel like anytime someone is reaching out to them and offering them help, support, service, or whatever. So we say that like one way that you might create that fear of seeming salesy limiting belief is if you've been on the receiving end of sales tactics that you didn't like. Or I'll give you another example. Let's say you end up on an email list that you either didn't subscribe to or you did subscribe, but then after X amount of time, you realize that that person just isn't someone you you want their product. You're just never going to invest. It just doesn't resonate or, you know, whatever. Or you're on a list that you didn't even ask to be on, which happens all the time. And then you don't like getting those emails. They clog your inbox. But if you were on an email list of someone that you actually really loved and you loved what they do and you thought like, I might not be working with them right now or buying from them right now, but someday I want to. I've been on plenty of email lists like that of people that I'm like, ah, I don't feel like I'm going to invest in that person's offer program or whatever right now, but I think of someday I will. Or maybe when they have the right thing for me, I will. And I don't unsubscribe from those email lists. And I don't feel like they're being salesy just because they recognize that the only reason why they have an email list is to do business. And if I'm on it, they're making the correct assumption that I might be their ideal client. And if I'm not, and I want to unsubscribe, then, then, then that's on me. But if I'm on the list, then the person who's listed is, is assuming that I want to be there. And therefore they're assuming that I'm interested in what they have to offer, rightfully so. So this fear of seeming salesy comes from when we have an experience and then we think that it's the experience of everyone whenever they're being sold to. And that's not true. So what are some of the, the, the ways? So that's how the fear comes up. So, you know, what is, what does that actually translate to, you know, for us when we're not doing outreach, we're not sending emails, we're not posting enough. We've got these ideas of seeming salesy. How does that end up? What does that end up looking like? Or where is it coming from? Well, we have tremendous fear of be of rejection. We have fear of what other people will think. We have fear of being annoying. <laughs> we have fear of like of the people that are not our ideal clients being critical. And the way it shows up is also that we start to really shrink and play small. Like we start to really not show up in our business the way that we need to to have a business. And then you wonder why it feels like business is hard. Why is it hard to make money? Well, if you're constantly playing small, downplaying your business and hiding because you don't want to bother anyone, it's going to feel hard to make money. And that can be a direct result of your fear of seeming salesy. So one of the things that everyone really loved at the event was I I, I gave some facts about this. And you've heard me talk about, about these things. Fact number one is that it takes 21 touch points to convert someone from a browser to a buyer. So someone's browsing, they haven't paid you for anything yet, but they see you, they're on your social or they're on your email list or whatever. And you have to know that it takes 21, that's a minimum, touch points, meaning email, you know, they, over the course of time, someone recently, when I was talking about this, um, this statistic, she like messaged me literally that like, she didn't think she should have a business because she, the idea of reaching out to someone 21 times made her like nuts. And I was like, that's not what I said. (laughs) 
<laughs> just mean in all of your activities, emails, social media, outreach, like all of that, that a person needs to be in your sphere, in your orbit, getting all of those different angles coming from you. Because also remember, people don't actually, actually see all of those things. But like, even if they gloss over it, it takes 21 times before someone actually goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? <laughs> okay. Okay. Another fact, only two to 5% of your followers see any given social media post. So if you're worried about overposting, you need to just like completely forget about that right now. No such thing. There's literally no such thing as overposting on social media. Fact number three, I already said this. If people unsubscribe from your email list, guess what? They were never going to be your client anyway, so you don't need them on your email list because your email list is not for pen pals. It's for business. Fact number four, people buy from people when they feel that they know, love, and trust that person. And that takes time. And people, especially when it's making a larger investment in in a service, they want to feel like you see them. They don't want to be anonymous. They don't want to plunk down money with someone if they don't know that that person's ever going to actually know who they are. And then the fifth thing is, if your friends, like your BFF and like your family, your mom, your grandma, like if these people are not successful entrepreneurs, then you shouldn't be taking any advice from them about how you're showing up in your business. Like if they, if they're like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, cousin is like, man, you're really like all over. Like, why are you posting so much on social? Then you need to say like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you an online, you know, are you using like social media to try and attract clients and, you know, whatever. And if they're like, no, then you can be like, oh, well then, you know, thanks so much for your opinion. Right? So how do we solve the problem of fear of seeming salesy? Well, one way is to use my yellow brick road system because the yellow brick road system of organic business strategy is a value-based model where you're showing up in service and providing value so that it never feels like you're just like coming out, out of the blue, out of nowhere and trying to get people to buy something. And the yellow brick road system also sets you up for feeling so grounded and rooted in how amazing your offer is because you believe it can really help people that when you offer it to people, they feel that and they don't feel like you're being salesy or pushy or trying to convince them or bully or threaten them, right? No, instead, it's that, it's that, you feel like you're genuinely offering them something that they need and it feels good to them and you. And another way that we can get over our fear of seeming salesy is we may have to put in some affirmations. We may have to wake up every day and affirm that it's okay to be visible and to affirm that there are people out there that want to work with us and that if we, you know, if we don't tell them that that's a problem and also to affirm that we're not here to have every single person want to buy something from us. So here are the, the, some affirmations that we looked at, at the, at the event, and then I'm going to offer up to you. And remember affirmations don't, you can borrow, I call it borrowing affirmations. You can borrow mine and, and say them, but if there's a way that the words sound or feel better to you in your own language, or if you think, that it's going to change the wiring of your brain if you say it in a certain way um, or that if you communicate with the universe in, in, you know, in a certain way that um, then change them. There's no right or wrong. So here's the ones that we used. I shine my light so that my people can find me. I'm going to say it again. I shine my light so that my people can find me. Another one that we talked about uh, that is actually one of the like um, pillar. It's one of the agreements in the in the Passion and Prosperous Academy. We actually have um, some agreements uh, that you know whatever. It's like it's like a little contract that you sign with yourself. And one of them is service is my superpower. And why do we have that in there? Well, we have that in there because when 
a lot of times people like us wake up in the morning and don't know what you should be working on. Like you're not sure what you should do in your business, right? And so one of the things that we always go back to is you say, then then do something that feels like you're offering value. Be visible, offer value, be in service. Another affirmation that we looked at is called, is it's called, what it is is clients want to work with me. Simple as that. What if you woke up every day and affirmed clients want to work with me? Do you think if you put that into the hopper of your brain every morning, clients want to work with me? Clients want to work with me. Do you think if you were walking around thinking and saying that, that you would be less likely to be afraid of seeming salesy? And then this is one of my favorite ones. I think, I well, we do. I don't just think. We have an early, early episode. It's like definitely in like the first five, uh, you know, very early episode where um, it's called, Who Are You For? And then when you listen to the episode, it basically I say, not everyone, and that's okay. You can't be for everyone. You're not here to work with every single person on the earth. I know you'd like to, and I know that you feel that you could, and I know you could. But the reality is that we know that's not going to happen. Not everyone's going to want to work with you. Not everyone's going to want to work at all with anyone. All that matters is who you are for and who is looking for you. So I'm not for everyone and that's okay. I want you to imagine that if you (coughs) offer or talk about your services to someone and they say no or they think you're being salesy, the better thing to do is to think to yourself, well, I guess I'm not for that person. And then just be curious about where your people are and turn around and look at the people that are, that you are for. So that's the first belief that we need to get over. Fear of seeming salesy or fear, you know, whatever. It's a limiting belief. It's that like, if I offer my services, I'm going to seem salesy. So here's the next one. Number two is what I call the legacy of lack. This is a huge mindset problem. It's the mindset of scarcity. It's the mindset that tells us money is hard to make or we walk around afraid that we won't be able to get our needs met. Or we think I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough for this. I I, I need to be more. I don't have enough to offer. It's total scarcity. There's not enough to go around. When you see other people killing it, making lots of money, your immediate inner like kind of energy voice says, "Uh uh-oh, they have everything and now there's none left for me. And then another way that legacy of lack shows up is where we actually think that everyone is broke and that no one, like, will, no one's buying. So where do we get this from? Where do we get this scarcity? Like, where did we learn that money is hard to make? Where did we learn, right, that there's not enough to go around? Well, you know, first of all, it can come from our family money or like our family story, our money story or the origin of our family money story. You know, we inherit a lot of the thoughts, beliefs and and whatever from our parents or people that are around us, influencing us a lot. So if you grew up in a household where you were so aware, like if, if your parents were always talking about it, if there was always stress and anxiety around money, or if money was treated like you shouldn't spend it, you have to save all the money. God forbid, like we don't have money, right? This sort of feeling that money is limited, that it's scarce, that it's hard to get. Um, or maybe you had the experience that there wasn't a lot of money. I'm not even saying that it's all limiting beliefs. Maybe you had the experience of being poor or, or, or having, not being able to have certain things that you want. That all feeds into your legacy of lack. There's another thing that, 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 that contributes to that legacy of lack, that sort of ongoing belief that, you know, that, that it's going to be hard to make money and whatever, is that it actually can give you a feeling of belonging. So like, let's say you're, of an artist, a creative, right? You've heard the term starving artist, right? Well, there's camaraderie in that. 
isn't there? Like everyone's being poor together. Everyone's, you know, living, <laughs> living, it, you know, really simply and just like, you know, like commiserating together. So there's a sense of belonging that if you decide not to think that way anymore or that you're going to, you know, get out and create something different, that no one's going to, you're not going to belong anymore. No one's going to want you around, right? You don't fit in. We also get the legacy of lack from comparing and despairing, from looking around and seeing other people's success. And instead of seeing that and thinking, wow, that person is showing me what's possible, instead we think, like, I could never do that. They have more than me. <laughs> They're lucky, whatever we think. And we reinforce our own lack. And then also the legacy of lack can really come from victimhood. It can really be reinforced when, like, we feel that things are happening to us. Something happens to us. We get fired. We divorce. Someone, like, and, and all of a sudden, the world and the universe has put you in a position where you're in lack and, and scarcity and things have been taken away from you. And so it's easy to, again, fall into a cycle of just identifying with that and deciding that that's your story. And the thing about the legacy of lack is that it's not only about money. It's about time. It's about energy. It's about love. So when we're in legacy of lack and we bring that energy to our business, guess what we're going to get? More lack and scarcity. If we're literally operating from that place in our life and in our business, and then wondering why we're not receiving more, why there's not more abundance, why there's not more flow, why there's not more people that want to work with us. It's very often that we have to check our own energy because if we're in desperation, scarcity, lack, and we bring that energy to conversations, to when we talk about our business, and that's like how, what we're bringing, that is going to reverberate and people pick up on it. So how do we reverse that, that legacy of lack so that we're not, so that that's not the energy that we're projecting? Well, we must go all in. And, and this might sound a little bit sort of like, you know, out there for you, but we must go all in on understanding and believing that we live in an abundant universe and that abundance is a, around us everywhere. So that's, that's number one. It's like, those laws of the universe, laws of attraction, laws of, right? All of those things, they're about abundance. What is manifesting about? It's about believing that there's an abundance of whatever you need and that it can be called to you, right? What about gratitude, right? Um, when we're in a state of gratitude, we can't be in a state of lack. So whenever you feel like you're, you're, you're getting caught up in your, you know, in your um, lack, load up on what you're grateful for. Make that a regular practice so that you fill your container with the energy of gratitude, the energy of abundance, and it's going to fill where you thought there was lack. Lack is empty. It's, it's, it's a void. It's a space that something needs to occupy. Put in the energy of abundance, the energy of gratitude. And that is a very, very, I know it sounds like, oh my God, well, that sounds like a really big, you know, Stacey, really? I just think about those things and I'm going to go from like scarcity, fear, and lack into like, and the answer is yes. At least for the periods of time when you're like forward facing, talking to people. And then, of course, there's deeper work that you can do. You know, but you, this is the one that you, the antidote is really going all in on, on believing that we live in an abundant universe and that everything is available to you. You can use affirmations for this too. I am available to receive all of the abundance in the universe. That is one of my favorite ones. Abundance is my birthright. That's one of the agreements in the Passion and Prosperous Academy. And then here's another big one. I am worthy. I am worthy. 
So before you go out there and get on a discovery call or a conversation, remember I said this is about the prosperous sales mindset. Before you get on a sales call, a discovery call is a sales call. Don't be afraid to know that. Before you try to sell someone your services, you've got to do an energy check on yourself. Before you have a conversation with someone, before you talk about your business in any way, shape, or form, at a networking event, to another person, to your freaking mom, you've got to load up on abundance and gratitude so that that is the pervasive energy and not your, your energy of lack. The third thing, the third belief that gets in your way of selling is what I called, what I'm calling, woe is me, myself, and I. Woe is me, myself, and I. And what this limiting belief is about is is thinking that selling something is all about you. This limiting belief is about thinking that selling your services to someone else is about you and that therefore you have to prove yourself that you should talk about yourself, <laughs> that you're that you're going to overcompensate, right? That you're going to be very concerned with like what they think of you. You're going to be very worried about like about whether or not they're going to want to invest in you. Right? That's why it's called woe is me myself and I. It's the it's the worst it's not prosperous sales. Because it's not passion and prosperous. It's not on brand, you guys. Because what the brand is about is about the other person. And this limiting belief is when you think that selling someone your services is actually about you. And that they're actually going to be paying for you and your um, and 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 how smart you are and how, you know, and and that they're investing in you. And they're not. They're investing in themselves. They're investing in the outcomes that they want. Now, they might be investing a little bit in you in that they believe that your method, your signature transformational system, the way that you do things, they might be believing that that is actually like part of why they are willing to work with you. But they're not like investing in you. They're not like, I'm going to hedge all my bets on Stacey Brass Russell. No, they're doing that on themselves. So how do you do prosperous sales mastery? Will you show up to every, oh, oh, and then another thing that's woe is me, myself, and I is when you show up to your calls and all you can think about is being worried about whether or not they're going to say yes. So you show up to the call and you're so consumed with getting them to say yes that, that that's all you can think about. So the antidote to this is literally to turn the lens and and leave yourself at the door and make the entire sales conversation about the other person. To show up totally in curiosity. To show up literally in love, like from a place of love. Like, yes, I want this person to work with me and say yes. Yes, I'd like to make money. Yes, I'd like a new client. And I'm going to show this, but I'm going to love on this person so that they feel my love, so that they feel my generosity, so that they feel how I'm in service, so that they feel how carefully I'm listening, so that they feel how if they work with me, they're going to feel like no one's ever seen and heard them quite the way that I do. And that's how I'm going to sell them. I'm going to sell them on the experience of having someone's attention so on them without judgment so on them without like trying to make them wrong or, you know, like what, like think about how people walk around all day, every day with, with people in their lives feeling like they're not pleasing them, that they're not enough for them, that they're not being seen and heard, that they're not worthy. And then they get in a call with you and, and then you're like, oh no, I, I think the opposite. And you make it all about them. How do you think that kind of a sales call is going to go rather than the one where you come in worried if they're going to say yes, worried about your own money, worried about selling yourself, worried about what they're going to think of you, worried about being enough of an actor, bringing your shit basically. So woe is me, myself, and I is when you bring your shit to the call 
And the antidote to that is to turn it around and, and, and leave yourself at the door. Just be like, this is not about me. It's about you. And I want to help you make the best decision for yourself, even if it's not to work with me. Okay. Here's the fourth one. I love this one so much. I was so excited to make it up. It's called reverse vampire mentality. Now, I love vampires. I read the vampire Lestat. Like, I read Anne Rice when I was, like, in, I don't know, elementary school. Like, I remember my mom being like, that's not scaring you? And I was like, no. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing about vampires. Vampires need to be invited in before they can enter. They have to be invited in before they can fly in through the window. They have to be invited in before they can walk through the door. They have to be invited in. And the the reason I called this reverse vampire mentality is because everyone that I know mistakenly thinks that they're a vampire (laughs) and that you need to be invited in. We're not a vampire. Don't think you're a vampire. You don't need your clients to invite you to be their whatever, their coach, their teacher, their helper. No, it's the other way around. But when you have reverse vampire mentality, this is what it looks like. You think that other people are going to reach out to you. So you wait. You wait for people to reach out and ask if they can work with you. You wait in the sidelines. You're kind of visible, but you're not really doing anything. You're like, you're like visible and you're thinking, if someone really wants to work with me, they're going to see me, right? Vampires also can't see their reflection in the mirror, right? So it's like, it's like this invisibility. You're always assuming that people are seeing you or finding you, but they're not. You're assuming that people know that you're available. They don't. So reverse vampire mentality is where you are totally thinking that it's okay to be a vampire. You think it's okay for you to wait to be invited, for you to be invisible. And so here's what you need to know. It's the opposite. People actually want to be invited. I want you to think about like, if something's going on that's really awesome and you don't get invited to it, how do you feel? You feel good about that? You feel like, oh, thank God that person didn't try to sell me on this thing that I actually really want to go to. No. People want to be invited. They don't know about everything. They want you to tell them about it. They want you to talk, invite them to your talk or to your event. They want you to invite them to share more with you. They literally want you to say, hey, listen, I want to hear that story. Tell me more. They want you to invite them to partner with you. And then even when it's not for sales, people want you to invite them to collaborate or to do something with you. People want to be invited. So if you have any doubt about that, then you are doing the other thing from the beginning, which is you're thinking that just because one person doesn't want what you're offering, that no one wants it. And we're going to talk about that as our last one. So what's the, I want you to think about this as an affirmation. This is like one of my favorite ones. When I don't invite people to my events or to work with me, I am doing them a disservice. When I don't invite people to my events or to work with me, I am doing them a disservice. And so just think about it. Just think about your valuable things, your offer, how incredible it is, how amazing you know it is to work with you or take your class or go to your, go to something that you're doing, join you for something. Think about how awesome you are and how good at what you do you are. And think about the people that need you, but they don't know about it because you've made this weird assumption that they see every social media post that you make or that they open every email or even that they're on your email list or that they even see your social media. And so you're walking around just being all in your head of like everyone already knows and then you're doing awesome stuff and then people that need you don't even know about it. How's that? People need to go to your awesome stuff. People need to be with you. 
But they're not going to know about it and they're not going to come unless you invite them and tell them about it. So when you don't invite people to your events and you don't offer people to work with you, you're actually doing them a disservice. You're dissing them. All right, last one, number five, another favorite at the event, superimposer syndrome. Superimposer syndrome is where you basically take things that are like being sort of said in the world or like out there or that maybe someone said to you one time and you blow it up and you superimpose it onto everyone and everything and use it as an excuse to not sell. So what are some superimposer things? What are superimposer stories? It's when you already work yourself through the whole objection of why no one's buying or no one will ever work with you. And you convince yourself, you go through a whole story about it to the point where then you never even, you're, you've talked yourself out of it and then you don't even talk to people about working with you. So if you've ever heard, I can't afford it or I'm too busy or, ooh, that's a little too big of a commitment for me or, yeah, this is not a good time. I have like a lot going on in my life or you hear people saying the economy, the economy, the economy, no one's buying. We're in a recession. It's the worst time ever. There's not a dime to be found, which I just want you to know if you were to like look at the news every single year of your living life every year. That's all they say. There's literally never been a time when like the, when people are like, oh my God, there's so much money around here. Everyone's doing fab, spend. No, there's always fear, always fear around money, always, always. Now, am I say, not saying that like in 2008, some people that there was a real big like problem? There was, but you know what else happened in 2008? There were lots of people who still had money. Same thing in the Depression, crashes of Wall Street, pandemic. It is true that there may be some pockets or some places or some things where things go bad, but to make the assumption and superimpose it as the rule of law, as the thing, is a mistake. Superimposing is a way out. Superimposing is where you go, you know what? I don't know. It's just not a good time. It's not a good time. Um, people are busy. People can't afford it. The economy sucks. The pandemic. No one wants to commit. Everyone's overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with school. They're overwhelmed with like Zoom. They're overwhelmed. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go over here and not and and I'm not gonna try to work with anyone. You're literally making decisions for other people before they actually make a decision for themselves. You're literally depriving someone the opportunity to say yes. You've already decided for them. You literally were like, nah, you're not going to work with me. So what's the antidote to that? Well, number one, it's to, to always see other people as whole, capable, and complete until they prove otherwise. Number two, it's to believe that other people can make empowering decisions for, the, decisions for themselves. You should actually know that it's kind of rude for you to decide for someone that they're not going to work with you anyway, so you're not even going to tell them about it. It's rude. You have to let people make decisions for themselves. It's literally the only thing that we have. It's like the only thing we have is our choices. Another thing that you have to know is that people say things all the time. People are projecting their own limiting beliefs and fears out into the world on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. <laughs> that, that's just what people do. No one wants to have their own fear. It doesn't, that no one likes to be afraid by themselves. They're like, I'm going to make everyone else afraid too. I'm just going to put that out there and make everybody else think the same thing as me. I mean, my God, humans are like nutso. And that's why we do so much mindset work. That's why we do so much thought work for ourselves so that we can rise above what human brains do on default and learn how to like not be susceptible to that so that we can like actually come from a place of leadership and authority. And we're the ones going, looking at everybody else going, oh man, oh God, I know that human brain, it's really problematic. 
That's what you have to be able to do. And that's not being salesy or manipulative. That's you literally being able to be two steps ahead of somebody and saying, I know that you might be wanting everyone to believe that the world is, is, is going up in flames. And in some ways it always is. Horrible things are happening in the world right now as I'm recording this episode. But should I not record an episode because of it? Should I say because horrible things are happening, because there's a war in Israel and Gaza, because there are atrocities happening everywhere, because there was a mass shooting this past weekend, because there was this I shouldn't make a podcast episode. I don't really know how that would serve anyone or me. So superimposing and giving, make, not giving people the opportunity to make their own decisions is not good business. Not just business like in terms of making money, just like in terms of like how you, how you roll. So I'm going to sum this up because I said that this was about like what we do in the academy and what is, is we build the prosperous sales mindset mastery. And how do we build that for ourselves so that we can have a business and make money doing what we love? Well, first of all, we have to walk the walk that we talk. So you want people to invest with you? Invest in yourself, period. You must, 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 must invest in yourself. And investing in your business is investing in yourself (laughs) if you're an entrepreneur. We must operate in abundance. So we do not show up to our sales calls or our discovery calls in scarcity and lack. That is not going to do, that is going to get you exactly the result you think it is. More scarcity and more lack. Number three, we don't rush. We take our time. That's what salesy is, is when you're pushy and you think that people should go from like zero to like a hundred just because you said So in Prosperous Sales Mindset Mastery, we're okay with the fact that like it might take some nurturing, it might take some time, it might take some building of no love and trust for someone to to feel ready, not just about us, but about themselves making an investment. Another thing that we do in Prosperous Sales Mindset Mastery is we shift the focus onto the other person. We make it all about them and we trust that that's going to be okay. We also show up unattached. So I don't, you don't show up to your call obsessed about whether or not everything is hinging or riding on this person saying yes. You have to be able to have a a level of detachment when you are on a call so that you're not projecting your own fear, scarcity, and, and energy onto another person so that it can be what we call clean and objective. When we are doing prosperous sales mindset mastery, we lead with love. We love the person that we're talking to and offering our services to. We're not doing it in disdain or trying to force or push or not or or offer them something even if we don't believe that it's good for them. That's what salesy is. And we're curious. A prosperous sales mindset is where you show up and you're able to be curious. You're able to ask questions. You're able to like listen so that your conversations are actually part of the work that you're doing with your clients. Even a sales conversation can be a valuable exchange that has someone leave that that conversation in a better place than when they came into it. So I hope that this shifted you. I hope this gave you some, some stuff to think about. Maybe like a new approach. Maybe when you like wake up tomorrow. I don't know. I, for me, it's night right now. So you might be listening to this in the morning. So you don't have to wait till tomorrow. But maybe like when you listen to this, you're going to be able to like take a moment and do like a refresh, like do a reset on like how you really think about selling your services, about how you show up to your conversations. And know that there's a, that that in order for you to make money in your business, you got to sell something, but there's a way to do it that feels in alignment, that feels heart-centered, that feels good to you and the other person. And you have to believe that people like being sold to. Think about how many times you've bought something or invested in something and you were so happy about it. 
don't deprive other people of having that experience too. So um, when this episode comes out, 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 it's still going to be beginning of November. And here's what I'm going to tell you. We just had a giant event in the in this community. So month of November is going to be like, you know, a little chill. But we're going to have something coming up in December. I don't like to go too long without offering an opportunity for us to be together in a Zoom room. So um, stay tuned. Keep listening. Um, if you've never gone on Apple, where you can actually write a review with your words rather than just doing stars, if you've never written a, a review with some words, if you have time, if it if you're moved to do so, if you like want to help the show grow, which um, I hope you do, because it's how we reach more people and have a greater impact, then then go over on Apple and actually write a few words. Um, of, of what, why you like the show or what benefit you get from it. Um, if you could, and if you're like, I can't be bothered with that, then, then do the five stars. We like that too. Same on Spotify and, you know, share the show. We make posts on social media for every episode and it would be really easy if you ever wanted to on Instagram or Facebook to come take one of my posts and just share it. You don't even have to make a post saying like, I love this podcast and like figure it out. You could just share the post and say, oh, this is a podcast that I listen to. um, And, you know, here's the here's the recent episode or something. So any any sharing. Remember, sharing is caring. Any love like that, I would be so grateful. I already am grateful. And if you ever do write that written um, thing or share the post and I see it, then I don't know. I want to send you something. I want to thank you. So keep that in mind, especially for the review on Apple. If you write one on there and it comes through that I see that you did and I know your name or you email me and say, hey, I didn't use my real name, but this is my review, then I'm going to send you the the affirmation kit, which is my gorgeous deck of affirmation cards and a beautiful journal that goes with it. How's that? All right, I'm going to sign off. I am sending you all the love in the world and I can't wait to be with you next week in your headphones. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. 